0: Welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. Let's open up our Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 2. We've been starting here the last four weeks or so, and we're talking about a subject, something that the Lord's laid on my heart more than once as a pastor. And we've taught on this before, titled it a little different, getting a little different angle at it this time. But it's the subject of honor. And we're entitling this series, and they have a graphic up there on the screen they'll show. That the, the title of this series that we've been involved in, I think this is our fourth teaching on it on a Wednesday night, is honoring God more. And I believe the reason the Lord quickened me to title it that way is because I really believe we're all honoring God to a degree. And the proof of that is you're here tonight. You wouldn't be in His church tonight wanting to hear His word, worshiping God, giving in the offering, if you didn't have some honor for the Lord. But this subject is so, is so powerful. You can grow in your honor for the Lord. And I want to show you something in 1 Samuel chapter... that I believe will excite you and cause you to really want to hear more about this. So 1 Samuel chapter 2, the prophet Samuel in Israel is speaking to some people, Eli the priest and his sons, who are actually not honoring the Lord properly. And they got severely corrected for it because they wouldn't repent. And I want to show you here in 1 Samuel chapter 2 in verse 29. God's talking through the prophet, And he said to Eli and and his sons, Why are you kicking at my sacrifice and my offering, which I have commanded in my habitation? You honor your sons above me. And stop right there. What was happening is his sons were totally messing up, sinning terribly, doing some very awful things, and Eli would not correct them. How many know it's an honorable thing to correct your children when they need correction? Now, I'm not talking about... I'm not talking about spanking them because you're mad at them. I'm talking about correcting them, spanking them or whatever, because you love them. We don't discipline our kids because they tick us off. We discipline our kids because we want it to be well with them. And we want them to live long on the earth. Does that sound like a scripture? Anybody remember that scripture? Ephesians 6, 1, New Testament. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father. Now he's getting into the attitude Yep. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Why? That it may be well with you, children. Sick days are not well days. That's right. Days in jail are not well days. But he says, if you want it to be well with you, learn honor, yeah. learn obedience, and it'll be well with you, God said, and you'll live long on the earth. Right. Let's talk about not dying prematurely. Yeah. Because they learn obedience and honor at home. Now, I wish I would have learned obedience and honor at home. I didn't learn much at home. My dad was an alcoholic, and I gave you my testimony the other day, and all that, that happened. But I, I was able, with the help of the Father God, to learn it later in life. And I'm not saying I'm perfect in it. We've all got room to grow in this area. And this scripture, keep reading here, he said, you've honored your sons above me to make yourselves fat with the chiefest of the offerings of Israel, my people. In other words, they were eating the offerings that belonged to the Lord. And don't just think priests can do this. We can do this too, right? (laughs) In other words, if it's the Lord, let's give it to Him. And then He said, Wherefore the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house, Eli, and the house of your father should walk before Me forever. But now the Lord saith, Be it far from Me. For them that honor Me, I will honor. And they that despise Me, Shall be lightly esteemed. So look at what God said here. He said, Those that honor me, I will honor. And when God honors you, you know it. It's tangible, it's powerful, and other people see it too. And what we need to figure out is how to open the door for God to honor us more. Now, I just shared two things with you that are the honor of God coming back into your life. If you'll learn honor in the area of those in authority above you and and the Lord, because He told us to honor certain people in our lives, fathers and mothers and and, and leaders and school teachers, whatever. He said, if you will honor me, remember I just read it? Mm -hmm. Children, you obey your parents Lord, you honor me? Now, guess what? He has the right to honor them back. It'll be well with you, and you'll live long on the earth. Mm -hmm. See, we see that principle all through Scripture. Proverbs says... God said, Honor me with your substance, and the first fruits of all your increase. That's us honoring God. Next verse is Him honoring us. Your barns will be filled with plenty, and your presses will burst out with new wine and prosperity. Isn't that awesome? I mean, we even see in in the book of 2 Timothy, where, where God said, If you'll purge yourself from dishonoring things, and be a vessel of honor, God will honor you by using you to do powerful things on the earth. Exploits for Him. And so we see it all through the Scriptures. Those that honor me, I will honor. I like to put it like this. We regulate how much God can honor us. It's not just something, someday in heaven, you know, He, had a, he just had a, a, a desire to bless somebody. It's not how it works. We regulate how much God can honor us. And I'll tell you, one of the reasons our country is in a mess, not, not all of it, some of it's great, and I'm thankful for the great that's happening. This church service is great tonight, praise God, in the midst of all the crazy stuff that's going on. Um, but one of the reasons this tr- country has some big troubles is because honor's not required anymore in our schools. And it's showing up, in it ain't being well with a lot of people, and some of them aren't living long on the earth. When honor stopped being required in schools was a very gray day for our country. And we're not talking about just behavioral modification and just doing something because somebody told you to do it. Or We're talking about a heart of honor toward God for His Word in all these areas so He can honor us more. Honor is a powerful thing. Honor is something that a lot of children today have no idea what it is. And, you know, we we understand obedience, and that's a good thing, but obedience and honor are two different things. And it didn't say the promise followed obedience. It said the promise followed honor your father and mother which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you, that you may live long on the earth. Interesting to think that learning these things at home could help you to live a long, happy life and not be snuffed out early. Interesting, the connection there. Well, I learned this too, that <clears throat> since honor is something that pleases the Lord and it does open the door for God's honor in your life, the devil going to do his best to make rebellion look cool. He's going to do his best to make people think that they're more important than they really are. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying we're not important. We, we should think highly of ourselves, but not more highly than we ought to think. And so the devil has got his thumb and on a lot of people today just deceived into thinking that freedom is doing everything you want to do. I'm going to do it my way. I don't have to submit to nobody. Not realizing the best use of freedom is honor. Everything else is an abuse of freedom. The best use of freedom is living a life of honor. You know, there's so much to this subject. We'll, We'll talk about the definition for this again in just a minute. But, you know, the word honest and the word honor, you know, come from the same place. And it's interesting about people of honor. They'd rather die than lie. Sure quiet in here, man. I haven't been this quiet in here in a long time. (laughs) Sure it's quiet in this Baptist church. But you get the studying honor and you start realizing, you know what? I'd rather die honoring God by not telling a lie than to lie and know I'm not right with God for the rest of my life. But you find out that if you are an honorable person and an honest person, that's the the, uh, atmosphere where miracles can happen. Supernatural restorations. Things can get fixed when God's mercy comes on the scene. They can't get fixed any other way. And the Bible says the way mercy comes on the scene, you ready? It says mercy and truth meet together. And then it says righteousness and peace have kissed each other. But it says mercy and truth, David said, meet together. So if you want to meet mercy, you can't be a hider and a secreter, and you know, I mean I, We're not talking about broadcasting all of our faults to the entire world, but you know You need to admit it before God immediately right. But then if there's somebody you've got to get something right with If I get that right with that person, I'm going to lose everything Not God And if God is everything Plus he'll have an ability to, to work a miracle in an atmosphere of honesty I mean, it's the number one reason people are hiding their sins is because they're afraid of somebody's reaction. And that's fear, and that's being led by fear, it's not being led by the spirit. And they, you know, there's there's some households and couples and marriages that would be a lot happier if they would get through this 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 hiding this secret thing and just just be open trust God's mercy and I don't know about you, but I'd rather know I'm right with God than have anybody on this earth be with me or like me. <laughs> I'd rather know that I'm right with God. I mean, everybody could leave, even my dog, London. You know, Everybody could leave, and, but if I'm right with God, that's all I want. Amen. Now, I, it, w- it would be sad, it would be hurtful, but if I know I'm right with God, that's what matters the most. And I just, I'm so thankful for our relationship with Carla. We've had struggles, we've had problems, we've had interesting things. We've had, you know, I've made terrible mistakes, and and it, there was hard things to plow through at times and, and being honest and all this stuff. But man, when you, when you cross that threshold and you get clean and you, you get honest, it's like, woo! Let's conquer the world, man! It's wonderful! It's hard to be bold when you're hiding something. Better get back to my notes here. Because they're more powerful. No. Uh, go with me now to another scripture. Did you see that there, guys? If we, if we honor the Lord, He can honor us. Go to, this is going to be interesting tonight, but go to Hebrews chapter 5, and I would like to, uh, to define, now I'm not saying this is the full definition of honor, but since we're talking about honoring God more, what does the word honor mean? Well, if you go back to the original Hebrew, which the Old Testament was translated into, or you go back, translated from, or the original Greek New Testament, here's some of the things honor means, just in case you wondered. Okay, oh well, Pastor, you're talking about honoring God more. What does that mean? Honor means to treat with great deference and courtesy. Everybody say great deference. And Courtesy. Honor means to make heavy. It means valuable. In other words, the things of God and the Word of God should not be a light thing to us. You know, take it or leave it. If I got time. If it's convenient. The things of God, when we recognize what the things of God are, And those, the the things of God are calling for our attention, that should be very heavy to us. Yeah, like the phrase, man, that's heavy. What are you saying? That's serious. That's big. That's valuable. That's not a light thing. The things of God need to be heavy. And the Bible says to be honor, honor means to make heavy or to make a big deal out of. Honor means a keen sense of ethical conduct. That's kind of a lost art in a lot of places today. A keen sense of ethical conduct, or it means regard with great respect. Now, I want to to re-quote to you what we just read in Samuel. God said, those that honor me, I will honor, says the Lord, those that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. See, despise doesn't mean disgust. It just means esteem too lightly when it should be heavy. See, well, I would never despise the Lord. Now, wait a second. What does the Lord say despising is? Despising is not just turning away from, despising is not cussing and spitting. Despising is simply lightly esteem. You're esteeming it. I'm esteeming it. But the question is, are we esteeming it heavily enough? Because lightly esteem, in God's eyes, is despising. You say, well, I would never despise the Lord. Well, maybe not in America's definition of despising. I've done it. You've probably done it. I mean, there's times I didn't esteem the things of God high enough priority, did my own thing, fleshed out or whatever, and it didn't mean I turned away from God, didn't mean I didn't go to church, didn't mean I didn't didn't say my prayers, but in this area, I didn't esteem it high enough. And so that's where these definitions come in. Lightly esteem. Dishonor is not refusal to give any esteem. It's simply lightly esteeming what should be heavily esteemed. Despising or dishonor is not refusal to give any esteem, but it's lightly esteeming what should be heavily esteemed. And when it comes to honor, like there's certain areas, children honoring parents, right? Citizens honoring ordinances of government and positions even if they're not saved. The Bible talks about honoring those in authority, whether they're saved or not, not because maybe they're doing everything perfect, but because of a position they're in that God established. And I found out that, and I wrote it down here, you don't have to agree, but we do have to honor. Now, in all reality, what we're talking about, you can't be made to do this. Anytime somebody tries to make a person honor, it's no longer honor if they obey. Because honor has to do with willingness. Honor has to do with your heart saying, I want to do this. And good leaders never try to make followers submit. The scripture is this. Follower, submit yourself to every ordinance of man. Because the Lord doesn't want it just to be a ritualistic duty thing that you have to do. He wants it to come from your heart. And I know the Lord quickened this to me, and I sense this in my heart, that the more we honor God's church and his church services, the more we're going to see the honor of God in our church services. And whether you realize it or not, faith and honor are totally connected, just like offense And unbelief is totally connected. It's interesting that Jesus said, a prophet's not without honor except in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. And he could there do no mighty work. It's interesting that he was talking about the people's dishonor in the next verse. He said he called it unbelief. What does unbelief look like? It looks like dishonor and offense. (laughs) Right? There's unbelief going on in the midst of that mess. And it limits the Lord from doing what He wants to do. I know people don't think that's possible, but you know what? In Psalm 78, I think it is, it said they limited the Holy One of Israel from doing what He wanted to do in their life. Mark chapter 6, Jesus wanted to do great and mighty works in His hometown, and it said He could there do no mighty work. And it was because they let offense in, They dishonored the Lord and it turned into unbelief and it limited Jesus from doing great and mighty things in that hometown. You know, there's some things I'm going to say about that tonight so hopefully you don't fall off your chair. If you do, we'll help pick you up but should install seatbelts maybe. Um, You don't have to agree but we do have to honor. I don't have to agree with everything government is doing but I am going to honor. You following me? Now, if they ever say, I can't be a Christian, uh, I'm going to break that law. Right? right? If they ever say, uh, you can't worship Jesus, and I don't ever want to hear that name, well, I'm going to fling open my window like Daniel and say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> right? But if, if they say something, now listen closely. If government puts forth an ordinance that I don't agree with, that doesn't mean I don't honor and agree and, and do it. I can do something without agreeing with it because of honor in my heart. Aren't you glad the Bible didn't say, agree with every ordinance of man? (laughs) That would be awful, man. No, you don't have to agree. But we do need to honor. And maybe, maybe we wouldn't disagree so much if we saw everything they saw. It's like, it's like we, we think we know everything from our little point of view, you know, but they're in the middle of it. And I'll, be, I'll tell you right now, I, I don't agree with everything that I'm hearing right now in our country, and I don't agree with it all. But it doesn't mean I'm not going to honor. The very word honor means uncomfortable at times. <laughs> the very word submit means you're not going to feel like agreeing. I know when when the whole mask thing came out you know I mean we didn't want to do it and still don't like doing it but actually the other day uh, we were talking a little bit funky about the mask and the Lord quickened to me and said you need to to stop that attitude you don't have to agree with it but watch out about the funky attitude so I, I had to change about that but then we found out by reading the ordinance that when once we're in our chairs We don't have to wear them while we're in our chairs and, and it certain It's like in a restaurant when you're eating but when you're moving around, you know, they say, you know Put a mask unless you've got, you know health reasons or some other reason that's you know We're not going to question it. That's between you the Lord and, and your conscience. I mean, but um, Why don't people obey? Do you ever think about that? Why don't people obey? Like when, when a requirement comes on the scene, whether it's uh, child and parent, whether it's citizen and government, whether it's employee and employer, whether it's church and church leaders, why don't people obey? The number, the number one reason I can find out why people don't obey is they don't value the one giving the orders. It's not heavy to them. It's, it's a light thing. It's, there's, a, there's a something else going on other than just I just don't want to do that. There's, there's a lack of value for the one who's asking or saying. Uh, anybody ever hear of situation ethics? And remember that? It was in schools. Wasn't that, I mean, being taught situation ethics? Is that how you say it? Situational ethics? Is that it? Basically what that is, correct me if I'm wrong, Sean, but basically what that is, is right and wrong depends on the situation. Situational ethics. Right's not always right, and wrong's not always wrong. It depends on the circumstance. I guess what they're saying is, it depends on if it's uncomfortable or not. If it's uncomfortable, it's okay. Just go ahead and, you know, get, steer away from it, or whatever. No. If the Bible says it's right, it's right, no matter what the situation. <laughs> if the Bible says it's wrong, it's wrong, no matter what the situation, no matter what the feelings, no matter what the emotions, right? Boy, this isn't a great message tonight. Anybody enjoying this? How many of you want the Lord to honor you more with well-being, long life, barns filled with plenty, presses bursting out with prosperity, used of God on a higher level? <clears throat> How many want mighty works done when you need them in your life or your family from the Lord Jesus? I mean, These are just some of the ways the Lord honors us back. Anybody want any more of those things? Well, God would love to do more of those things. And I I don't want anybody to get confused and mixed up. Guys, we're saved by grace. But we are rewarded by works. Higher power, greater influence, more uh, abundance in certain areas. And so, look at Hebrews chapter 5. Honor is going beyond minimal requirements. Can we all say that, honor? Is going beyond the minimal requirements. And this is why a lot of people aren't that interested in honor because why go beyond the basic minimal requirements? I mean, if that's all that's required of me, why go any further? Well, it it depends. How high do you want to develop? Personally, I don't want to plateau out. I don't want to stop growing. I don't want to stall out in being more like the Lord. So in Hebrews chapter 5, this is very enlightening here. I thought this might uh, bless you. Hebrews chapter 5. Let's look here at verse 7, 8, and 9. This is speaking of Jesus, who in the days of his flesh, when he was on the earth in a body, when he had offered up prayers, and supplications with strong crying and tears unto Him, the Father, that was able to save Him from death, and Jesus was heard because He was a Son. I I said it that, no, it's not what it said. He was a Son of God, but that's not why His prayers were heard. I can show you a lot of children of God right now whose prayers aren't heard. For, for, for many reasons. Maybe they're not praying scripturally. They're not praying in faith. Maybe they're living in sin. You know, wh- whatever. Maybe. I don't know. But this scripture here says that the Lord was heard when he prayed because he feared. That's now that's an old English word for respect and greatly honor and great devotion for the Father. Why was Jesus heard? Why, was he ha- Why did He have such a powerful, effective prayer life? Because He was God's Son. It was more than that. Because the next verse said, though He were a son. These things didn't happen just because He was a son. Though He were a son, yet He learned obedience by the things that He suffered. It's called suffering unto perfection. Some things you're only going to grow out of and some things you're only going to grow into. You following me? There's some things that aren't going to happen because you snap your fingers and pray a quick prayer. Some things we're not going to grow, we're not going to get out of until we grow out of them. And some things we're not going to get into unless we grow into them. I call it growing to the next level. We We hear about going to the next level. I like growing to the next level. Hmm? There's growth involved. But it says, though he were a son, he learned obedience by the things that he suffered. Read the next verse. And being made perfect, see, suffering unto perfection. Jesus, being made perfect through suffering, became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. How many of you realize faith and believing is a commandment when you know better? The Bible talks about obeying the gospel. Right. When we know better, faith is not an option. Be better not to hear about faith than to not do what you know. Um, excuse me, be better to not hear about it and not do it than to know and not do it. One would be a consent of ignorance, the other would be rebellion. And so go back now to that seventh verse. And I want to read this to you out of the New Living Translation. If you guys have the NLT, fine. If not, I'll read it on my notes here. Hebrews 5, 7, the NLT. It says, while Jesus was here on earth, he offered prayers and pleadings. You see that? With loud cry and tears. Talking about the Garden of Gethsemane. To the one, the Father, who could rescue him from death. And God heard his prayers because of his deep reverence for God. There's something about deep reverence for the Lord, and there's something about honor that allows God to honor us back with answered prayers, healing, well-being, prosperity, long life. Right, And the list goes on. There's something about it. The Lord's been revealing this to me. So let me read you a couple more things here. Turn to 1 Timothy uh, chapter 3. Now, I want to say this, put just a little break in here. I want to say this. People that have gotten into dishonor, people that have stumbled, people that have fallen, people that have rebelled, people that have disrespected, people that have blown it royally, I have a word for those people. And I have bunches of scriptures to back it up. Honor can be restored. Glory to God. I know you're not wanting to get all excited outwardly right now, so we don't know, you know. But <clears throat> when you get home, just go ahead and jump and shout, Honor can be restored! Come on. Does anybody remember a guy named King David? Oh, yeah. yes. Now, we, we know King David because he's a man after God's own heart. That's how I like to remember him. A lot of people that just like to, you know, major on other people's mistakes to make them feel better, they honor in the fact, they uh, magnify the fact that David committed adultery and murder. But I have news for people. That's not the only sins he committed. Psalm 40, David said, Innumerable evils have compassed me about. My iniquities have taken hold upon me. They are more than the hairs of my head that I cannot look up. He missed it a few more times in two. (laughs) Just like all of us, right? (laughs) He missed it. But you know what else he said? I mean, now, think about the guy. I mean, he did wrong. He did something very, very dishonorable. Oh my goodness, Uriah was a good man. Bathsheba's wife, a husband, he was a good man. He fought for David on the front lines. And David called him back home because he had just slept with his wife. David slept with Uriah's wife, got her pregnant, and said, if I can get Uriah back home and get him to sleep with his wife, they'll think it's his kid. And Uriah wouldn't go sleep with his wife because of his honor for the men on the battlefield. He said, I can't go home and sleep with my wife and eat all this food and drink all... I can't do that, David. So he slept at the door of the king's palace and he just would not go home out of honor. And so David... <laughs> he sent him back out on the front lines and told his commander, have Uriah get into a place where you know he'll get killed by the enemy. What's he doing? He took a man's wife, got her pregnant, committed fornication, committed adultery, and now sending her husband, a loyal, honorable man in his army, protecting him on the front lines in a place where he knew he would get killed. And he got killed. And so David takes Bathsheba for his wife. They have a child, and the child died when it was very, very young. And they had another child named solomon and god loved the child he grew up became a great king went through some unnecessary hardship and adversity and we think what a scuzzball!" <laughs> <laughs> you know what god says about him he's a man after my own heart one thing interesting about david is he admitted his sins he didn't try to cover them up he didn't hide and he, he wrote Psalm 51. He blew it. He knew he did. He poured his heart out to God. You know, you know why you never need to be afraid of scriptures in the Old Testament that talk about judgment, severe judgment? Do you know why you never need to be afraid of, of any of those scriptures about judgment? You know, where people have died and terrible things happened and the enemy got access. And You know why? Because all those scriptures are for people who don't repent. <laughs> I don't don't like to read all the scriptures about judgment. I don't like to see all those people dying. I don't like to see all those terrible things. Listen, don't worry about it. That's what happens to people who don't repent. And if you repent, it won't happen to you. God's merciful. His mercy is from everlasting to everlasting. Mercy means you don't get the judgment you deserve. How do you qualify for mercy? Somebody tell me, how do you qualify for mercy? If we confess our sins, if we admit our sins. No covering, no hiding, before God. God's the number one person you, just, you want to be open to. And David knew about this, and it's so interesting, in 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 28, you know what it says? David, King David, you know the guy we just talked about? The guy who said, uh, my iniquities are more than the hairs of my head, so that I cannot look up. You know what it said about this guy? It said, David died a good old age, full of days, riches, and honor. Everybody say honor can be restored. The Bible says if a a vessel of dishonor would purge himself, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified, set apart, and able for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. From dishonor to an honorable vessel. But you know, there may be a little time you got to prove yourself, right? If you've ever blown it, don't try to make people forgive you. Just prove to them you're trustworthy again. Might take a few months, might take a year. I don't know. Depending on how serious you are, I guess, about restoration and getting your act together. The Lord told me one time, He said, Son, don't try to make people forgive you and trust you again. Don't do that. If you belong it, don't try to make people forgive you and trust you again. He said, you just live for me with all your heart and I'll give them a sense to trust you again. You won't have to do a thing. God said, I'll give them a sense to trust you again. And you won't have to try to make them, you know, trust you. God will give people a sense. So here's what we want to talk about in closing because I only got a couple minutes. First Timothy, did I tell you 1 Timothy 3? Look at verse 14 and 15. We need to recognize the honor in the area of children and parents. We need to recognize the area of citizenship and government. We need to recognize it in the church. I'm not saying this is all the areas, of course, on the job. Employee, employer. You you know what's an honorable thing? Is when somebody does you wrong, but you still don't do them wrong back. You keep doing right. That's a very honorable thing. When somebody does you wrong, but you don't do them wrong back, you keep doing right. (laughs) That's awesome. Because when, when we do that, God's able to honor us way beyond us getting our way in some kind of fight or something or disagreement. I say let love work it out. You know when you feel like demanding your rights and you feel like getting mad because you realize profit's not going to be there if this person doesn't shape up or the business isn't going to do as well. Or I mean when you start feel like getting mad, you know. I mean I'm not talking about being a weak leader. I'm just talking about not violating love. There's times where you just need to back off and say, you know what, I'm not going to insist on my own rights. I'm going to walk in love, let somebody get the better deal, even though rightly it belonged to me, and I'm going to let love work it out. I'm going to let love fix it. What is love? God is love! Man, when we let love work things out, we're letting God work things out. And sometimes you just have to walk away. You know, sometimes people, they come across situations where if they would lie, they'd make a lot of money. If they would stretch the truth, they'd make a ton of money. I know Kenneth Copeland was talking about his dad who'd come across a situation with some stocks or something back in the day and and, uh, his dad, all he had to say was this one little thing that wasn't 100% truth and he would have been a millionaire, I think is what he said. He says, my dad didn't even blink an eye. He said, I will not lie. He walked away from that deal and he didn't even give up, he wasn't even tempted to lie, to get that big deal. He just, that wasn't in him. He had a heart of honor. That's a good place to be. So 1 Timothy 3, verse 14 and 15. Paul said to Timothy, who was a pastor of a church, like I'm a pastor of a church, he was writing to Timothy and said, Timothy, these things I'm writing unto you, talking about order in the local church, bishops and deacons and bishops' wives and deacons' wives and children. He says, Timothy, I'm writing these things to you, hoping to come to you shortly. But, if I tarry long, or if I delay, I wrote these things that you may know how you ought to behave yourself in the house of God. Which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. Does God expect us to behave in His house? Is there... Ordinances that we should know about? Is there guidelines? Is there is there things in the local church setting that if we line up with, God will be able to honor us more as a church? Because that's but here's the thing: nobody, nobody's flesh wants to be told to behave. Let me let me just try it real quick, can I? Can I? Bob behave yourself. <laughs> Come on. Doesn't feel good, does it? It's not behave yourself. Uh. <laughs> Ashton, behave yourself. That just doesn't sound right. <laughs> just, it's like, oh man. <laughs> no nobody's flesh likes to hear those words. And that's where honor comes in. The very words submit, respect, and honor means. It's not going to be comfortable at times, and you're just flat out not going to want to do it because some, but because of something really deep in your heart, you're going to do it anyway without bucking the horse, without bucking the rider or whatever, right? Yeah. You're just going to, you're going to float what Because you've learned honor. Right. This is such a huge deal. Yeah, we regulate how much the Lord can honor us. Mm-hmm. We need to approach our church services. Like Jesus himself is going to be there. Teaching. Preaching. Operating in the prophet's ministry. Healing. Working miracles. Amen. I mean this. We're going to see as much of the power and honor and miracles of God in our service. That we're honoring him for. Because the Lord said mighty works could not be done because a prophets not without her, except right here. There's no honor for me here. He couldn't do what he wanted to do because the people shut the door. Let me read this to you in closing. We will only get more out of our services when we honor God more in our services. Then I have a thing up here. Does God care how we dress? And I won't talk about that tonight, so don't worry about it. Um, some will just always meet the bare minimal requirements. And here's, here's another truth you need to think about. When our leaders... Want, well, you know, I probably need to stop. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think I need a halt right here. This would be a good place just to draw a line and say, uh, next week... Amen. And no no trailers or previews for next week. You're just going to have to come back. But we'll talk about some more of this later. We'll talk about practical ways to show honor. Who do we honor? How do we honor? When do we honor? Um, and we'll talk about some practical things. Like I said, some things I've learned. You know, I, I, I was blessed when Keith Moore was here a few years ago. And uh, we're in touch with him about this year. He's just being very, you know, prayerful about where to go because he's had a lot of meetings scheduled this year and And they've canceled because of the whole COVID thing. And so we're talking with him about the perfect timing because we want the perfect timing for him and us. But he was here a couple years ago. and We were having dinner in our our leader's uh, dining room over there, fellowshipping with some some of the pastors and leaders. And as Keith and I were walking out of the dining room back to our offices, we went through our entryway. And he hadn't been out there a whole lot, just, just probably quick walks back and forth. But this time he just started looking around our entryway in our church and he saw the mezzanine and the glass and the aluminum and the colors. And, and he just said, you know, this is the honor of God. Things like this don't just happen. Especially for two hippies from the 70s. <laughs> right? I mean, rebellious hippies. But he was walking around looking, this is the honor of the Lord. And I knew what he meant when he said that. He said, there must be some honor of God going on in this church for his word. There must be some respect for the preaching and teaching in this church. There must be some honor for the things of God in this church because I'm seeing it right here. See, honor is tangible. It's real. You can see it. It comes in the form of houses that you didn't have to sweat to get. It comes in the form of health. It comes in the form of abundance and prosperity and long life and being used of God and greater anointing. And I was just blessed when he said, let's stand up, church. I got to let you go. It's, it's 830, and I know some of you got to, like my wife, has got to get to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Father, we just thank you so much for your word tonight. We thank you. Expound these things to us, Lord, as we go from this place. We praise you for, for everything you've given us tonight. Stir it up in us. Help us to grow in it. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast.